Welcome to Ragbag. My name's Frank Burton. This is the podcast that gets exponentially better with each listen. Feel free to replay this episode 10 or 12 times after you've heard it once. You know, it's like a great album. And I do hope you're doing the same with each episode of this show, by the way. You should be. Take this seriously, please. Come on. Show some commitment. Once again, Ragbag is proud to be sponsored by Alan Cabani's Luxury Snake Oil. I've been advised that several bottles of the budget edition are still available, but according to Alan Cabani's marketing department, they are selling like hotcakes. And who doesn't like hotcakes, eh? Well, I can think of a few distinct groups who probably don't. You could have diabetes, uh, gluten intolerance, or simply people who don't like hot cakes. The snake oil, on the other hand, should be of interest to absolutely everyone, regardless of whether they have an illness that needs treating. You will need it one day. That's the fact of the matter. As it happens, if you do happen to have a condition that prevents you from eating cake, get yourself a pot of luxury snake oil and order yourself a couple of cakes while you're at it. As far as I understand it, your health condition will be permanently eradicated after a single dose. Go nuts! I do have one slight reservation and this is a shout out to Alan Cabani himself. There seems to have been some miscommunication between myself and your finance team. This is the third time I've advertised your products and I'm yet to receive any money from yourselves. Seriously, please can you get onto this, Alan? Obviously that's not your real name. I've assured you already that I won't be revealing your real name on the podcast, but then again, you promised to pay me and you haven't. This isn't a threat, Alan. Mr. Cabani. You just wouldn't want me to accidentally call you by the wrong name and leave you a little um, exposed. I look forward to a swift resolution on this, yeah? Actually, I do have another slight reservation. The free sample product you sent me through the post, I tried applying it to a mysterious rash I've developed on my abdomen, and if anything, the rash has since got worse. Didn't work at all. I thought this was a miracle cure-all, Alan, as in it cures all, doesn't it? Not this particular ailment. I'm not saying that all those many testimonials on your Facebook page aren't genuine or anything, but I am starting to wonder, starting to have my suspicions. One final reservation, Mr. Cabani. That free sample you sent me? Your, your finance department, having ignored all the emails I sent them, have forwarded me an invoice for £1,300. 
clearly this was a mistake. If you can get onto this too, thanks. I'm on Twitter, right? At RagbagFrank. And the Facebook page is Ragbag Podcast. You think you can remember that? Make a note of that. Get in touch. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking to you, the general listener. I'm talking to Mr. Alan Cabani. Get in touch. We don't want this situation to escalate. Okay. As a gesture of goodwill, here's a track that I'm dedicating to you, uh, and I quite like it. So, this is for you, Mr. Cabani.
I'll be honest with you, straight up. I didn't try eating celery until I was 15. 
I was by no means a fussy eater. I'd gobble up whatever was on offer. I didn't like custard. Nonetheless, I ended up taking the rap for an unwanted custard stain on my old Aunt Gladys's dressing table. Unwanted custard stain, you hear that? All custard stains are unwanted, are they not? I seem to have used that word because I suppose I was made to feel like I was the stain. A stain on the family, something unwanted. Because that was never swept under the rug. All the details were openly discussed with me from day one. My accidental conception. The negative impact my arrival had on my parents' marriage, on their financial and emotional stability. Yeah, I was that stain, alright. But one thing my parents never struggled with was feeding me vegetables. I'd accept anything but celery. Didn't trust it. Wouldn't even make bodily contact. I didn't like the look of its jagged corners. Couldn't stand the appalling crunching noise it made when someone close by was eating a stick. And as for the accompanying aroma, it wasn't a bad smell, come to think of it. It was just different. Totally unlike any other kind of scent. Not sweet, not sour, not identifiable through comparison to any other ingredient. It somehow didn't fit into this world. I ended up eating a small sliver by accident. Someone added one to a salad, cutting it up into tiny chunks, hidden away from view amongst less than cucumber. As soon as I tasted celery, I loved it. For the same reasons I'd initially been skeptical. It was unlike anything else on this planet. That one titchy green morsel catapulted this mysterious vegetable straight into my top five things of all time ranked somewhere between skateboarding and drum and bass later in life the top slot in this ever-changing chart of affections was a girl called Heidi the first person who'd ever directed the words I love you at me the first and only person I'd ever written a poem for she knew about the celery story. I told her I loved her for the same reason I loved celery. Her uniqueness, her curious beauty that seemed to be out of step somehow with every other living thing. The poem contained the lines Out of this world you are to me You're my stick of celery. A couple of weeks later Heidi wrote me a reply on a post-it note and left it on my desk. You're in my heart. You're in my brain. You're my perfect custard stain. And right there that haunting childhood episode was neutralized. No longer the ball and chain of injustice I've been dragging around all those years. And I'm not with Heidi anymore. 
and I haven't been for some time. But at least I still have celery and I have the ability to eat custard again. Maybe one of these days I'll try them as a combination. I told a story a while ago about my suspicion that there's a group of mysterious saboteurs whose mission is to subtly rearrange the scenery of our everyday life. A few listeners have noticed some similar goings on. This is interesting stuff, okay? So Damien in Mexico City says, Someone's put a completed Lego Star Wars set on the roof of an abandoned house in my neighborhood. The locals are afraid to touch it as there's a rumor it arrived from space. Maybe it did, Damien. I've seen this Lego um, Star Wars thing. It's baffling. Where did it come from? It's a question worth asking. Maybe that's what space is really like. At least it would be an explanation. Ingrid in Ibiza says there's a wall in our local park which was knocked down overnight and rebuilt using concrete filled pizza boxes all piled on top of one another. Rahim says I work in a library. Last week someone broke in and laminated an entire 12 volume encyclopedia. Now it takes up five times as much self space. You see the pattern that's emerging here. These aren't just some things that happened. Someone's done all this stuff deliberately. And clearly this is a global problem. It's not just one person involved. I hate to use this word folks, but I'm left with no choice. The Lego bricks, the pizza boxes, the laminated encyclopedia. This is a conspiracy. There you go, I said it. I said the C word. Right, Alistair Tracy has sent me an email. The subject header is all in block capitals. It says, please do not delete. Um, <laughs> whoops! A handful of people have been in touch asking what my beef is with Alistair. Uh, Mary says, all he does is say nice things to you and frankly your responses are cruel and ungrateful. This is no way to treat your fans. Uh, yes it is, Mary. I never said I wanted any fans. I was brought up to believe I'm a natural born failure. The last thing I want is people telling me how amazing I am. It's a little unnerving, frankly. I appreciate the criticism, thank you. That's really what I do this for.
Hi, I'm Mike from the Genuine Chit Chat Podcast, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. I speak to a wide variety of guests, from travellers to musicians, to those afflicted with mental or physical illnesses. There's really no subject that's off-limits, from movies to politics, and even controversial topics ranging from sex to drug reform and political correctness. So if you still believe in the art of conversation, are intrigued by healthy debates with different ideas and perspectives you may not have thought of, and want a podcast where every episode is about something different with a variety of guests, then this may be the podcast for you. You can hear us on YouTube and all your favourite podcast apps, and follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. So if you want to hang out and listen to honest conversations with interesting people, then come to Genuine Chit Chat, where I'm your host, Mike Burton. Hey everybody, I'm Stephen Pappas. And I'm Julie Ken. And we are the host of the Meddling Kids podcast, a review of all things Scooby-Doo. We are going through every episode in the Scooby-Doo canon to explain all the questions you meddling kids have. Right, exactly. Like, is Fred a serial killer? How old is Fred exactly? Why does Daphne have such bad posture? Where do these kids live? And is pot legal there? <laughs> Where is this place? I think it's Florida. Anyway, stick with us for the Meddling Kids podcast, a groovy review of all things Scooby-Doo.
Alright, let's do some death threats. I realise we haven't run this feature for a few weeks. Now, come on, guys. This was supposed to be a regular slot. You have to work with me on this. I can't read these things out every time unless there's enough of them. Show some commitment to the idea, please. Reno Stewart says, Uncle Pete, your days are numbered and not because you're 87. I'd rather see the look in your eyes as I slowly strangle you than let nature take its course. P.S. Genuine thanks for the whiskey last Christmas. Thoughtful. Lindsay Menthol says, Just a heads up, guys. I figured out how I'm going to poison my husband, and by the time you read this, it will already be too late. Not technically a death threat there, Lindsay. More of an admission of guilt. As yet, I have no plans for a regular admission of guilt feature. But um, actually, that does sound like fun. Get in touch, why not? Get in touch with your admissions of guilt, guys. The more bizarre, the better. We'll run that next time. Why not? One final death threat for now, directed at me uh, this time. You've been in touch before, haven't you? I recognise you. Yes, I see where you're coming from. Frank, you are extremely lucky to be alive. Shut down your online presence immediately or face the consequences. Reading this out on your so-called podcast will only hasten your demise. You're a very strange man. I will say that. Are you, are you saying this, uh, this isn't even a podcast now? What do you think it is? Seriously. I'm intrigued. Enlighten me. Get back in touch again, please. By the way, I'm reluctant to touch upon this at all, like I prefer to pretend it didn't happen, but we've had an overwhelming response to the competition question I set last time. Despite the fact that the prize is my own toenail clippings, and despite the fact that the question was deliberately impossible, or so I'd assumed. I suppose I wasn't banking on the law of averages kicking in. I said, what word am I thinking of? And apparently so many people responded that it was inevitable that someone would eventually get it right. And so four people did. Asparagus was the word, if you're wondering. Asparagus, okay, yeah. You get a toenail clipping each, okay, the four of you. I'm not going to give you the attention you're clearly seeking by reading out your names, and it's not a coincidence that you all live at the same postal address. I suspect you're a single person using multiple aliases. Okay, I wasn't born yesterday, I know how these things work. Whatever. It looks like I'm going to have to up my game if I want to properly sabotage this competition feature now, doesn't it? So here we go. The competition prize is some air. Air in a padded envelope, to be precise. I'll mail it to you if you can get this question right. What is John's beef? I'll repeat the question. What is John's beef? Get in touch. Hello again to the conspiracy theorists. Just want to say you're doing great work. I'm being sarcastic. 
I like to keep an eye on your little forums. You think I'm in prison in Belgium still, don't you? Yeah. Where's the evidence? You're listening out for clues like I'm somehow going to let my guard down. I don't mean to name and shame. Actually, I can't even do that. All I know is your alias, Twinkle Ears. Charming. Twinkle Ears. Very passionately preaching to his small viral congregation says, I quote, I suggest listening out for any mention of Belgian culture, however brief. Make a list of keywords. See if one of these come up during a ragbag episode. Waffles. Tintin. The European Union. Poirot. Chocolate. Brussels sprouts. Do they originate from Brussels or are they just named after the city? Uh, twinkle ears. You, you uh, come back to me with that one. I haven't got the uh, information to hand myself. Here's the funny thing, Twinkle ears. You brainstormed that whole list and I just mentioned every single one of those things. You're onto something, mate. Keep up the good work. Now, I recently remarked that eating your own hair is a form of cannibalism. Brian has been in touch. Brian, this has nothing to do with you, but go on. Brian says, I see where you're coming from with this, but seriously, where do you draw the line? I've been known to bite my nails when I'm nervous. Unhygienic? Yes. Cannibalism? I don't think so. Next, you'll be calling me a cannibal for swallowing my own saliva. Let's just agree to disagree, Brian. And another thing. Stop pretending to be colorblind. Don't think I don't know about that. I see why you're doing it. You're aiming for some low-level sympathy with a plausible fake impairment. Why would anyone make that up, after all? But you're bound to get caught out eventually, Brian, alright? Just a gentle word of warning. In any case, I don't think anyone really cares about your failed hopes of becoming a bomb disposal specialist. Write yourself a different backstory. Now Barry from Swansea has been in touch, he says I found it very heartwarming to hear a proposal of marriage on your last edition. Congratulations to the happy couple. It gave me an idea of my own. I'd like to tell my girlfriend Margaret that I wish to dump her to smithereens. Mixing your metaphors a little there, Brian. He goes on to say You've done nothing specifically wrong. It's simply a case that, all things considered, you don't cut the proverbial mustard. Margaret, I think I can confidently state you are better off without this man in your life. If it's a mustard-cutting contest, Barry, don't assume you'll win. And another thing, Barry, I've been looking at your recent tweets you seem to think you invented 
the fish finger sandwich with salad cream combo as recently as last Tuesday. I wholeheartedly agree it is a delightful delicacy. I've been eating them for over 25 years myself and trust me I've been in your shoes. First time I tried it I was 8 years old I genuinely believed I'd kick-started a culinary revolution. When I brought this up next day at school, about half my classmates claimed to have personally invented the fish finger sandwich with salad cream combo, yeah? Clearly, this was going to be a problematic patent application. Sheila has been in touch to say I'm single and looking for love but don't want to use dating apps. What would you say is the best way of meeting people? Frankly Sheila after what's been going on lately I've, I'm never giving advice to anyone ever again. I don't know if you caught the last edition uh, of this show Sheila but um, there was a chap called Eduardo who got in touch and um, basically disclosed that he had begun indulging in crack cocaine as a direct result of advice that he believed I had given him. You're happy about that, Eduardo? Now Sheila's not going to know what's going on, okay? I know what to say to her. I've got some very good advice for her. Eduardo, if you're listening, but I can't give it, I cannot give that advice until you kick your drug habit, yes? Do we have a deal, Eduardo? Some people have to ruin everything for everyone, don't they? Kick your drug habit now, otherwise this guru is officially on strike. Yeah, it's fighting talk. Assuming that Eduardo has kicked his habit by next time, please do um, get in touch with uh, anything really. Um, I mean, I'm, I don't know why I have to ask. You're doing it anyway up to your own back, so what I'm asking for. Twitter handle is uh, RagBagFrank. Facebook page, I believe, at this moment in time is ragbag podcast yeah i remembered it this time yeah ragbag podcast on facebook check that out and um do whatever else do whatever else you want to do with your life really apart from apart from that just do whatever you want to do i'm not stopping you i'm just not going to advise you either way as to whether your actions are the correct actions 
you're not going to know until Eduardo steps up to the plate and you know it's up to you at the end of the day if that's what you want to do mate but I got a lot of people hanging on this okay a lot of people awaiting your response step up do the right thing I haven't really got a lot of people Eduardo you know this but Sheila think of Sheila yeah yeah think about it until next time visit frankburton.co.uk for many good things including track listings for each and every episode of Ragback and links to all the amazing artists whose work goes into making the show such a wondrous endeavour buy my book A History of Sarcasm from Amazon have a look at philistinepress.com and stay away from drugs Eduardo they're bad for you Live the good life.